There's a lot going on today, right? (laughs) It is beautiful to see and to hear the voice of Scripture from different ages and different styles. As we come today, I want us to to think about the the sermon title which Bill and I prepared and got together. It's Simple Christmas, but, but Living Gratefully. It's kind of easy to do, right? Or so we say, we just finished up with Thanksgiving and we can go around the room and say what we're so thankful for. And now we look into Christmas and and I look at my children and the joy they have and I'm grateful that I'm able to provide for them in such a way. But then I think about myself and I don't think I always fit that mold of living gratefully. There was one time I was running I had just had a flat tire in my car. I was in Atlanta by myself. I had gotten my car pulled over to the side of the road and was looking to change it for my lovely spare in the back was also flat. I had a meeting with my advisor at Emory to determine whether I was going to be able to graduate a semester early. Do you know how financially that makes a big impact in one's life, right? So I was looking forward to this meeting. I, was, I had to get there. I had to be there at a certain time. Traffic from Columbus was horrible. I got two flat tires. I was within walking slash running distance of campus. And so I just pulled over, left the car there, was going to deal with it later, and start running toward campus to make my meeting. I'm getting there and there's this man just kind of laying in the lawn or what I thought was just enjoying the sun basking down upon him. I'm angry. I think at this point I'm I'm quite furious at, at what the circumstances of life had given me that day. And the guy says, why in such a hurry? Without skipping a beat, I said, exercise and kept on going. Two steps later, he speaks again. He says, every day is paradise, huh? Well, about a hundred steps later, it sunk in what he actually said. Paradise. Today? Was this guy a nut? Did he not realize what I was dealing with? So realizing I had a few moments to spare, I U-turned, mad as a two-flat-tire person could be, and I confront him. And he stares up at me, unfazed by my return. And I see the details of his face. He had fresh blood coming from his nose, a black eye on the right side, his cheek swollen. He appeared exhausted, but also alert. He remained seated. What do you mean, paradise? I asked. He said, We're alive, air to breathe. Every day can be a good day, huh? We chatted for another moment. I mentioned my flat tires and he joked about his children and always having flat tires with their bicycles. He jokingly said, I guess I should exercise a little bit more like you. I said, I'm really not exercising. And I told him my story. I never asked him about his face and he never gave me the information. Had he fallen? Had he had a fight? His last few hours had been probably a little bit worse than mine. We wished each other well on the journey, and I continued to my meeting. We're in the second week of Advent. 
Our scripture today, John tells us, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. We announce hope and we ask for peace. But is it possible right here, right now to experience it? Are we hurrying away? Are we hurrying toward the Christ child? We get Paul's scripture this morning. The passage, and, and he begins very clearly. He gives a big thank you to God. I thank my God every time. He's thanking the Philippian church for supporting Paul in his ministry, for the gospel in which he's sharing their interests together, the kingdom of God. He thanks them. But he gets to the point, and Paul's prayer for the church was that they might grow in love. That their love might be insightful and love lived out in wisdom and knowledge. He second, he wondered that their, that their love might be active. A love lived out in deeds of righteousness. The Philippian church certainly lived out the command of our Lord to love one another. I even would say I think we do that here. Love one another. I was almost in tears with you this morning. I love you, Mama. It's not just compassion, but a bonding to Jesus, to each other, to the Apostle Paul the prophet. Paul's needs were their needs, Paul's ministry was their ministry. It was for Christian love that Paul gave thanks to God and he did so in the knowledge that their love would further mature as the indwelling spirit of Christ continued in his sanctifying work within. It was within this context, this idea that Paul prayed for the Philippians. He prayed that they might grow in love. That their love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. I think about the time with me running to my meeting and I could have skipped that moment with this man. I think about the world we live in now and I say, I ask myself these questions. How can I love God if I do not understand the task before me? How can I love my neighbor if I do not know what God's will for my neighbor is? If I don't have the ability to discern the subtleties of truth as they interact with the darkness of this world. Love is what Paul is praying for. It's love is what we are praying for in this time, that Christ would come and dwell within us. Our scriptures together go together in this way in which Paul is speaking about this love and John the Baptist proclaims it with a boldness of faith. He quotes the prophet Isaiah, what the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight. The rough ways made smooth. And all the flesh shall see the salvation of the Lord. All the flesh. It includes the rough and crooked likes of you and me. 
And I finished with these words. I feel like I'd better take Isaiah's words to, to heart, to practice, not merely preach his message saying, prepare the way, but to prepare within me. My task and yours this Advent is to let a single voice, not the voice of to-do list, not the voice of, of what's next, but a single voice of God to have clarity within us that it would penetrate all flesh, all ears. Our discipline this season, harder than it sounds, is to listen. To listen to what God is speaking to us. To listen to the people he puts in your way. To listen to the word of God speaking now into our lives to make way for him we may know his love. I ask you these questions. What will it mean this Advent for our highs to be lowered, our depths raised up, our edges sanded smooth? What will we lose when the promised Lord saves us? We are sure to be amended and mended. The question is, will we run? Will we exercise our way away from what God is having us experience? Or will we experience the transformation by choice, as John the Baptist would have us do? That God would let us experience the love that Paul writes the thanksgiving that we can know, the grateful hearts with which we can live every day. I thank you, God. I thank you for this church. I thank you for this place. I thank you for the ministry, the voices here. May we together as one prepare for the coming King. May we individually and collectively reach out our hearts and serve God with faithfulness. This day, the Lord's way is ours to prepare. The Lord's path, ours to clear and make a way. Turn down the radio, put away the list, and focus on what's around you. Attune yourself to the greater news of God's word. It's not only for John the Baptist to hear, but it's for us to hear. How will you? How will I answer when the Lord speaks? Will you join me as we pray? God, you gather us into this time to hear from you, to know of your love, your presence, your spirit guiding us. Lord, we move into the time of communion knowing your presence is among us speaking words of wisdom and love in this place. Guide our hearts as we serve you with faithfulness. Guide our minds as we learn from you and pour your spirit out on us now to know you here in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.